0: Hello, and my name is Pete Rushmer, and I'm your host today of a Half Dozen Things podcast. A Half Dozen Things is a podcast for business owners just like you. Whether you're an underdog hungry for success, or you're already smashing it, but want to continue to level up, we are here each week for you to get insight and learning from the very best in the business. No fluff, no BS, and no self-proclaimed gurus talking about how easy business or life is. No, so the red light's on, um, red light's on, we are live on LinkedIn and Facebook um, and uh, my name's Pete Rashma. hello everyone, hopefully you know who I am because you're, you're following uh, my page and uh, I've got a wonderful guest for you all today, uh, Mr Jonathan Pitten. Uh some of you will hopefully have listened to the podcast actually, you were on the podcast, it must be a good year ago now Jonathan I reckon, do you reckon it's about a year or
1: even longer? I think it's probably over a year actually. Yeah, I think it's yeah. weird the last couple of years have sort of warped a bit haven't they? So it's hard to tell. I think yeah, I think it's over
0: a year. Yeah, I think it must be over a year actually to be fair. So, uh it's been it's been a while and we we've known each other a good a good couple of years certainly pre pre-covid for sure. Uh we first sort of connected through um HR Connect over coffee I think. We were introduced by um uh, John Henderson uh who is a mutual mutual colleague of ours uh uh, who who exists sort of in the in the transport and fleet sector fantastic chap so uh john hopefully you're hopefully you're here and you're listening and uh and, and enjoy what we've got to say but jonathan and i are going to be talking today about coping with stress in a transport office um it's stress awareness month um and i thought it was a really good opportunity for us to talk particularly around the stress involved in the fleet sector which flagship partners predominantly operate in um and fleet operators because it is a really sort of stressful environment and jonathan and i've been preparing um uh, a webinar for the chartered institute of logistics and transport and this is uh this is a good opportunity for us to sort of start to talk about or set the scene for i suppose some of those some of those challenges jonathan do you think that's sort of uh fair enough Are you able to just give people a bit of an introduction because you do a lot of men's health work don't you jonathan
1: yeah 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 i think uh, your first question yeah i think it's definitely a good way to sort of set up and get our get the ideas germinating around this uh yeah for anyone who's not met me i'm a, I'm a mental health educator and that just means I, I work with organizations of all sizes to help leadership pretty much people managers uh enable, enable to have the skills to be able to reduce mental health related absentees and presentees and staff turnover And it's just by helping people with those interpersonal skills, you know, how to connect, how to notice, how to have conversations, all that sort of thing. Because a lot of people go into leadership without having those skills. They're promoted because they're good at what they do rather than being good with people. And they come up against a bit of an obstacle when they realize you've got to actually be able to support people. So I just fit in there and help them to develop those skills.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Have you have you done much work with uh, with sort of in the fleet sector? I know you've done a you've you've done a webinar before, haven't you, for the Chartered Institute?
1: Yeah, yeah I did. Tell me about that, Jonathan. Yeah, I talked to Michelle on the podcast. So we were talking about various things around men's mental health. I've uh, worked with a couple of couple of logistics companies around the, the drivers as well, specifically, and that was kind of what drew what, what I was drew into the, the CALT thing because it was about drivers and mental health. Because there's quite a lot of research out there about what are the problems and it's you know there's there's all sorts of different ways of looking at it but we were trying to get to the bottom of it what is it that could help drivers in terms of their their mental health and a lot of it's not just around the job a lot of it is around the person you know helping the person with what's going on in their life as well that is which is what they bring to work with them so it's taken that sort of more indirect approach should we say yeah
0: absolutely i think um I think uh, d- drivers particularly uh, do do find um, that, that there's a lot of challenges there and one of our one of our preferred driver CPC training courses at Flagship is the driver mental health uh, course where we do we essentially do like a mental health awareness sort of raising awareness of mm. um, of drivers mental health and and certainly some of the challenges that they face on a day-to-day basis as well as some of the things they can do to to, to to cope as well um what what particularly for you stands out in the fleet sector as uh one of the one of the sort of biggest challenges around um we were focusing sort of specifically around stress because there's lots of different the causes of mental health challenges and um, mm-hmm. stress being one of them and work related stress is obviously a big 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 challenge particularly in the fleet sector what do you think are sort of some of the main things that people will experience when they work in a busy transport office whether it whether it's from a driving point of view or a transport manager point of view what what sort of things do you think they'll come across
1: yeah, well, I think that in terms of the drivers, I mean, there's a whole host of things, aren't there? You know, there's the pressures, the time, the isolation, there's other drivers, there's a whole host of things that are outside of that person's sort of realm of control that they've got to be able to deal with. So I guess for certain people, that's going to be a real problem. For others, it might it might not be an issue at all. So there's just, I think it feels like there are so many factors the driver has to juggle compared to the average person who's maybe in the office on a daily basis or do a different type of job there's just so much they have to be able to deal with and the fact they're on their own so i think the isolation bit can come into it as well not not that i mean a lot of people might like being on their own but i think not having people around to talk to when things get difficult because if you're you've got stuff going on in your life and you don't download on those things or do something with them they just mount up and up and up, and it's you on your own all day long. And before you know it, the, the problems could start to arise. So I think there's that for the drivers, and then the the, the driver managers like what we spoke about before, Pete, was these things about you switched on, you are on twenty four 7 24 four seven fleet operation. People can don't have any boundaries for around when they contact you. You've got no time for yourself, therefore, any time to notice other people. Then your work life, your home life struggles, and again, before you know it, that person's probably left to just take a a, a more easy going job on their on their on their lifestyle. Yeah.
0: yeah. Absolutely, I think, and 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 that was sort of the 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 crux of of this session was we were looking to explore that the, there is quite a bit of documented uh, resource around uh, drivers' mental health, the isolation, the different external pressures and challenges that drivers come across that will uh, cause cause stress and 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 cause. Uh, uh, mental health uh potential mental health issues for them but this one you know we really wanted to look at actually what goes on in in the transport office and particularly the pressures um with flagship and fleet geeks we deal a lot with transport managers and uh, that is particularly a very very stressful uh role for for, for people to, to take part in and as you say i see a lot of people moving away from that office based transport manager role because they they are struggling to cope with uh with the pressure often large ratios of drivers who are reporting to uh to a transport manager who's always on you know um what what would you say is a um a, a big challenge for um transport managers around this sort of always-on culture which is it really is an expectation in the transport sector this 24-7 sort of dynamic is is really challenging isn't it
1: yeah and maybe it's that culture again where if that's expected of you that's that's probably an issue in itself but if you're expected to be switched on all the time you're always in work mode there's no there's no downtime the phone could ring at any point you you can't really just relax for a bit can't you can't ever just switch off and focus on your family or focus on I'm going to get a good night's sleep if, if you think that the phone might go off at five in the morning so it's almost it's that mind that's always in that place it's always in work mode and that sort of thing it can then lead to you burning out over time if you never actually take stepping away from that it, it's it's not a good place to be and some people are probably fine with that but in general most of us need to take our mind onto something else you know, when people get home from work, they, they tend to switch off, or they go to the gym, they have a glass of wine, or whatever it is. But their their mind will hopefully be off work until they need it to be back on to the next day. But if these guys are twenty four seven, where does that switch off come? So maybe it doesn't ever come, and they it, it, then they end up permanently switching off from it by leaving their job. Yeah, which is which is obviously going to be
0: a big challenge to find someone because. The legislation in the transport sector is so strict, mm-hmm. and having someone who who has that relationship and then is that role, it's such a it's such a pivotal role for the business that actually we need to try and do more to protect people. Um, and I'm just sort of putting it out there for both of us, really, to think about as well as as well as the listeners. What? How do we start to change that culture? How do we how do we start to introduce? new ways of working to try and reduce stress in the transport business
1: yeah I mean there's there's probably I guess the first thing with stress is as well it's quite a broad term isn't it? it's quite vague so it encompasses overwork it encompasses overwhelm too much pressure it encompasses a lot of things so I guess initially it'd be I almost think actually using the word is a is is almost a hindrance in itself because it's like talking about happiness isn't it? it happiness means different things to different people I always say with stress, it's like uh, you've got someone in France and someone in England, and they're both having a conversation about the local currency. One saying, oh, I love the local currency. It's brilliant. Oh, but I don't like this about it. They're both saying, talking about the local currency. This one's talking about pounds. This one's talking about euros. So they think they're talking about the same thing. But oftentimes when it comes to stress, two people are talking about two totally different things. So that would be the first place to start with it, really. Then I think it's around... If it is, usually it's overwhelm people mean. And I think we what we're talking about here is overwhelm. The driver manager became overwhelmed with the pressures and having to juggle everything. How can we put support structures in place for that person? You know, what what, what is it that person is struggling with particularly? Because I think everything when it comes to stress or overwhelm, it has to be individual. Because what bothers one person won't bother another person. So it's what is what are the challenges for that particular driver manager in that particular company at that particular time? Then based on that, what can we build around them that makes it less likely they're going to want to leave because they're feeling overwhelmed? how can we get it so they enjoy their role what can they share with other people how can we give them time when they need to be more flexible about how they work it but so really rather than me standing and saying this is what we should do it's about a conversation with that particular driver manager how can we work with you to make sure you enjoy what you're doing and you don't end up leaving two or three years down the line yeah absolutely
0: i think um it, it does need to be it does need to be really really specific to uh that drive manager and I, hopefully there's uh some transport business owners and, and company directors watching this and thinking oh actually our tr- we have got a bit of a challenge here because our transport manager has to cope and deal with so much stuff we maybe really need to speak to them him her um around around what we can do to support that i think um one one of the interesting things I wanted to explore with you as sort of one of the concepts is is this this boundaries and I think there's the culture around blurred um, blurred boundaries where the expectation is the phone rings and it gets answered and and what companies can do to try and try and tackle that what what, what mm. do you think to that Jonathan.
1: Is that a quite, I guess that's probably a, a quite a common thing, I guess. If someone's expected to be on 24 7. I've got a friend who works in recruitment who does uh, warehouse staff and he's 24 7 on. And he's, he got to the point where it's just unbearable for him because he was always be, he was being let down quite a lot, but the phone rang at any time. It could ring any time. And I think it's, it's, I remember reading a book about, it was about a year living Danishly, where it was a, a, I think it was the editor of L Magazine. Who uh, went to live in in Denmark with her husband, and she said that talks about companies like Lego and things like that, where they said you you're not if you're still in the office at five o'clock that we don't look at that uh, kindly. We think that's our failure on your part if you're still doing this at that sort of time. Then it means you haven't got it done during the daytime. And they started all bringing in penalties for things where people were checking emails and stuff late at night. So really, I guess it has to be make it a company has to think about how they could work with that manager to make it less attractive for them to be always switched on so obviously there's the job that needs to be done but then what else is there is the manager giving applying extra pressure on themselves that maybe could be shared with someone else because some managers like to take everything on their own shoulders you know in organization so maybe is there a bit of self-inflicted pressure as well but I think it's here's the job that needs to be done. How can we make that manageable for for that individual? But again, it's a question: What would that manager want that to look like? Rather than saying, "Here's what we're going to do for you, uh, Pete. We're going to do this for you." No, let's say, Pete, how would you like us to do this for you? And then maybe we can meet somewhere in the middle. Yeah, absolutely.
0: I I really like that. It's like this collaborative approach around. We we notice there's there's a challenge here. How how can we how can we do that and control is such a big a big issue because um it's actually it's actually in um in the transport legislation a, a transport manager who is named on an operator's license they have to have what's called continuous and effective control of the fleet and the drivers so there there is this element of continuous and effective control so people will take that quite literally mm. um which is that they Essentially, 24-7, I need to have full control of uh, this fleet of uh, drivers and vehicles and, and, and that kind of thing, when actually it doesn't, I, I don't believe, I don't believe that it's saying that you need literal hands-on control. I think that demonstrates uh, possibly a lack of skill or understanding from a management point of view. Continuous and effective control is around having measures and controls in place that help you effectively manage that fleet business because it can't be one person that person needs to have downtime they need to have holiday they need to have Mm -hmm. a break like you say because the potential for burnout is huge
1: yeah that's that instruction that a uh, bit of literature sounds like it was written for a robot perhaps doesn't <laughs> it you could have a piece of machinery that's continuously in operation but even that piece of machinery you know you've got to at some point turn it off to give it a bit of maintenance so i think you know if you if you leave something on 24 7 it's going to burn out eventually isn't it so maybe if we know that happens to, to machines let's think about people who are probably far less durable than, than pieces of equipment and think about how we balance that it's that I mean, this, this whole work-life balance there. I'm always a bit skeptical about that term, but I always think of it as time when you switched on to your role and time when you switched off from your role. You could, uh, you could be at work and your mind could be at home on the golf course. So you, that's still downtime. It's about where your mind is, I think, that's the most important. thing. It's not where your body is, it's where your mind is. And I think people need to have that almost interval-based approach to productivity where you're working at high intensity, then you come down. Hi it's Pete from Flagship
0: Partners. We're really proud to sponsor a Half Dozen Things podcast. At Flagship Partners we take road safety really seriously and we're your road safety partnership. We help transport companies with compliance and training across their businesses including first aid, driver CPC and other transport management services. So if your fours are credited or you want to improve your operator compliance risk score, give Flagship Partners a call today.
1: down rather than trying to do what, like steady state uh marathon running where you're always operating at one intensity short bursts of intensity but whether that could be applied to a driver manager's role I'm not sure that that that's for each individual company and driver manager to to agree and explore between them
0: yeah i think i think there'll be some people um there'll be some people who probably listen back to this might be listening as we speak or or, or watch back later on and they'll think and, and, and really, the the purpose of this video, I think, for both of us is to get people thinking about it.' We're, we're not saying this is the answer like like you alluded to before. the 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 outcomes or the, yeah, the, the outcomes generated from watching and listening to this conversation will be, Uh, unique to each individual and each individual business because they will have their own pressures and the individuals themselves, the way they cope and manage and their perspective Mm. of stress is different and their ability to cope uh, with the demand and the the resource they have available to them. But I, I guess we're kind of asking more questions than we're answering, which is we need to say, have a conversation and look at what resources available in your business because there are certain facts which are like you say we aren't robots so we can't have continuous and effective hands-on management of something we need to put systems and processes in place and we need to have a team of people however big that team may need to be to cope with the 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 demand of of the role i think is, is probably a good way of looking at it would you say
1: yeah, I think, I think so. Yeah. it's it, get, it comes back to the conversation, doesn't it? Because, you know, there could be all the guesswork in the world, but until that person throws up something that personally affects them, maybe people around them who are making decisions won't have realised those things. That's why it always has to come from the person. But, and, and the fact that, you know, we're talking about things I just mentioned about using an interval basis to this, whereas obviously if someone's got to be on 24 seven, you can't do that. But hopefully, and John probably would appreciate this. We're trying to do a bit of lateral thinking here. Let's think about things that we know you can't do them, but it doesn't matter. It still gets us thinking, oh, actually, what could we do? So we can't do interval base, but we don't have, what we're doing at the moment is not working. What else is there? And I think that's it. It's so where we've got to be creative with these things because otherwise, what the way it's working at the moment well, isn't working for a lot of people, is it? The, the arm 24-7 might be working for the company, but it's not. if it's not working for the indiv- individual in the long term, it's not working for the company either because they'll have to replace that person. So in terms of thinking, taking a long-term approach, it's about making situations more comfortable for the individual who's in them. I think that's the thing. And the only person who knows the answers there is that person. And they might not have been asked. Once they get asked, they might think, well, oh, now that I realise you actually care, i'll start thinking about solutions but i didn't think you cared i just think you wanted, thought you wanted me 24 7 robotic but now you've asked i really appreciate that let's talk
0: yeah absolutely and i think um i think in my experience i've come across a lot of guys and and girls in the role who they they like to have that element of control but i think i think what we need to look at is as well as looking at the individual and their needs let's also look at what their development needs may be what what does it take for them to build a support structure around them and how can we support and enable people to 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 do that they you know it's okay saying well you've got this resource and you've got that resource but if that resource isn't working quite right it might be it might not be people it might be systems or um software that there's lots of different ways of overcoming the the time and control pressures that that are required i think you know what what we're saying is is that we respect and understand that essentially that this business is 24 7 but we need to have a grown-up conversation around um how how we actually facilitate that happening and it might be that the individual the fleet manager the driver manager needs to have some level of professional development to recognize where other people may be better suited to carry out certain tasks or uh, to be able to delegate certain roles amongst a, a team of people and, and the resource needs to be put in place to do that because the impact, and, and I think sort of coming on to the impact of stress, regardless of what someone's individual experience of it is, is it can have long-term consequences for, for people from, from a physical health point of view as well, can't it? Yeah, I
1: think that's that's the thing. It's, I think, well, I, I come at it from the angle of... With it's when someone says they're stressed, it's the it's the way their behaviors change due to that that I think has the impact. So let's say if I say I'm I'm a transport manager, I'm feeling completely burnt out and stressed up to the to the eyeballs. it it, i'm not sure whether it's the stress itself because we need to determine what that actually is that we're talking about there but it's suddenly i might think well i'm not sleeping as well because i'm having to work constantly oh uh i I can't switch off after work so i'm going to have a couple of beers at night i've stopped exercising because i don't have any time to do it because of my shift um my i feel really moody the next day because i'm getting woken up at 5 a.m by calls all of those things have a knock-on impact because if you deprive someone of sleep Let's not forget the Red Army used sleep deprivation as their main form of torture. If you deprive someone of sleep, you can get pretty much anything to confess to anything. So it's this all those things that knock on the lifestyle in the the sleep, the the alcohol, lack of exercise, all those things. How if someone's tired, they'll eat more sugary uh, processed carbohydrates therefore they're going to be sugar crashing all day long as well and all those things. So the I think it's the knock-on impacts of being overwhelmed that really can have the the effect down the road because if someone isn't sleeping, eating loads of refined carbohydrates, drinking a lot more than they need to, 5 years down the line, think of those little investments or poor investments in their health, that's what we're going to be looking at further down the line. So I think that's where the real health impacts come along because and someone who has all those problems isn't sleeping isn't in a good emotional place drinks a bit much isn't going to be able to fight off diseases that might or illnesses that might come along as well so therefore it's all of these knock-on effects over time just starting from that position that bit of overwhelm or stress in their life all of those knock-on effects so how can we prevent those things happening so we don't have this catastrophe in two three years down the road absolutely and 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 do you
0: know what i think the other thing is is we've also we also need to recognize that potentially the stress um that the, the stress that people deal with they they start to shut down almost and operate more like zombies than productive people um and the decision making's worse and the interaction with team members is worse and um you know that there, there's this overall deterioration in in the way that that person's going to operate so we can either try and ignore it and pretend it's not happening which is which is of course an option and some people will be listening that you know or they can take uh, a really sort of proactive approach to um to it and, and start to address and discuss these issues because they realize that whilst whilst it's an investment in somebody that the, the payback can be immediate because if someone's well rested they're slept they're, they're eating a healthy diet they're physically fit and healthy. Um, we, you know, the, the chances of having sudden negative impact to the business of someone being absent or off sick, um, of the, the continuity of being able to manage that fleet actually becomes a, a proactive task because essentially it's a bit like, it's a bit like, I, I suppose the, the, my line of thinking is around, you know, we the HGVs cost hundreds of thousands of pounds you wouldn't just let it run and run 24 hours a day, seven days a week without, we kind of gone full circle back to what you were saying earlier. And I'm on the same page with you there. You would, that, that that vehicle has to stop every six weeks, six weeks and get safety inspected to make sure that everything's okay it needs to have its oil topped up it needs to you know have um, make sure the nuts are tightened and and all of that sort of stuff and it will have to have a filter changed and uh, a, a belt replaced here and there and, and all of that stuff is sort of preventative maintenance to stop a breakdown but if we treat our machinery that way we definitely need to treat our people that way
1: Technically, I guess we're, we're treating the lorries better than the people, then. <laughs> which, which, I think which we says, are, actually. Yeah, which says, says a lot, really. It? I think there was that saying, you can always tell a lot about society by the way it treats its weakest or something. Like that. So I guess if we're... It's yeah, like, absolutely. you look at a society, how it treats its animals... That tells you a lot about society. I'm not obviously referring to people as animals, but I'm saying we, the people, if we're not looking after animals, we're probably not going to be nice to each other. If we're not going to be looking after our lorries, we're probably not going to be nice to our drivers and our driver managers, you know? So I think it's one of those things, isn't it? It's it's how, where our priorities lie. That, that lorry has probably cost uh, a couple of hundred thousand pounds. So therefore it's like, whoa, this cost me a fortune. I'm going to look after it with regular maintenance. This person hasn't cost you as much, but actually, if you think about in the long term, absence, uh, having to replace them, having to retrain someone to do their job, it will probably cost you not far off a, a, what a part, portion of what a lorry would cost. So if, you, if money is your sole motivator for an organisation, you've got to think about these things attracting a new a new driver manager, training them up, get the lost productivity while they're the new one's getting up to the same level as the previous one. All of those things are massive expenses. So yeah, if we're willing to put that time money investment into our lorries, let's put some of that into our people as well. Because I think we'll get far more from investing in the people than, on the long term than we will from investing in the lorries. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's uh, not saying uh, it's a zero-sum game or anything. I'm not saying you should leave it with one <laughs> or the other. I'm saying let's invest in both of them
0: definitely I I think I think that it's just so it's so tangible for businesses to see the uh the the physical assets that 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 they own and realizing the impact of the downtime that that has on them and actually often don't realize the tangible impact of of the people side of the business and um hopefully hopefully people by by watching this video um and and listening to us just have a bit of a you know it was a it's been a totally off the cuff conversation around around stress, around people, around people not not having getting time out from their from their busy routine um, and, the, and the impact that can have. Hopefully that will have maybe switched a few light bulbs for them to to have a think about it. Um, Jonathan, just whilst I've got you, if people are interested to sort of learn more about um, how you can help them with with these things, how, how do they get in touch with you? And what are some of the things that you do uh, that to, to help support people?
1: Yeah, thanks Pete. Yeah, Pim can find me on LinkedIn, I'm on Twitter, I'm on YouTube, I'm pretty much all over the place. We've got a podcast as well, the Headstrong Talk Show. But if you want to catch up with me, I'm on my website's uh, mindbodyconsulting.co.uk. And it's primarily I, I work with managers, it's training the leadership team, the people managers on how to do all do all the things that involve keeping your looking after your staff. Supporting them while they're struggling, noticing any struggles, and that ultimately rewards the business by, you know, reduced absence costs, reduced staff turnover, presenteeism, and all that, and hopefully ends up with a with a greater morale in the workforce as well. Brilliant. I really, really
0: appreciate you coming on and speaking to me, Jonathan. I feel like we've got the makings of a really good webinar um, around this for the Chartered Institute. So if you're listening and you're a member of the Chartered Institute of Logistics and Transport, Jonathan and I will be speaking. I think early, we, we haven't firmed the date up for certain, but we're going to be speaking about uh stress and driver managers and transport managers and and the overall transport operation and and some of the some of the strategies people can use to deal with that and we're going to be going with that um in early july at the moment is the is the plan so uh, really look forward to seeing you there I'll, i'll just say say my piece which is at flagship we're starting to build a community called fleet geeks um We've got a group on Facebook. Please do come over and join us. We've got the podcast, the Fleet Geeks podcast, where myself, Jamie and uh, and Mike uh, talk about. I, I lost his name for a minute then. I've just gone live and my mind's gone blank. Uh, Mike, can we talk about we talk about um, fleet operations? We, we're there to support fleet managers and we're launching a peer to peer group where transport managers can start to spin wheels on these ideas and talk about best practice and start to collaborate and work together around how they've overcome these things. Because it is is a clear challenge in the fleet sector, which is we know that we need to have continuous and effective management of our fleet and our vehicles. Road safety is vitally important um and there, there there is no no compromise there at all we, we we're absolutely saying there's no compromise what we are saying is that one person can't make all of those wheels spin if you've got a fleet of vehicles and a fleet of drivers we need to have a team of people who who can ensure that there's this um coverage over a 24 7 period and that the people in the team have got the skills to be able to support um and and offer a robust management system because one person one person cannot cannot do that job we need to ensure that we look after ourselves and we don't create fatigue and burnout um and have people operating at their best in our businesses because that's that's the, the right thing to do isn't it
1: yeah that, that sounds that sounds like you're doing some really good stuff and if i can just add to that as well because i think yeah what you what you the work you're doing there pete sounds brilliant and it's this thing you know we talked about the lorry maintenance if you know you look at lorry, if you look at a lorry you can see that it's deteriorating over time if you pay attention to it, and obviously a company will think, right, well, we need to do something here. Let's me- do some maintenance. But the same thing isn't as visible in the driver manager, is it? As they're deteriorating over time, like the lorry that's constantly worked, they're both deteriorating over time. But it's harder to notice the deterioration in the driver manager unless you look, unless you ask. So hopefully, people take that as a way, a bit of an analogy. It's that think of think of them you can think of them the same way if you're working them both into the ground they are deteriorating over time one is just really obvious the lorry whereas the driver manager isn't but it doesn't mean it's not happening because you can't see it it's just you're not noticing it that's all it is
0: absolutely brilliant and on that Jonathan, thank you so much for joining me and people who have listened and uh, listening now um, and and listening in the future, really, really appreciate it. Please do follow Jonathan and I and uh, we'll hope to see you again soon on on, on our work. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Cheers, Pete. I really hope you loved today's episode and if you did, please make sure you subscribe and listen out for future episodes too. Please do share it across your social media channels. We hope to reach more and help more people. If you want to find out more about me my name's Pete Rushmer you'll find me across any social media channel and my business flagship partners and we're your partners in success across your business thank you see you again soon